Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the first film, uh, Black Panther. Um, uh, in in honor of the release of Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever coming out this weekend, we're going to talk about the first film in the series, which stars the late great uh, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Peter Nwongo, Danny Guerra, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, Andy Serkis, Winston Duke, you know, Lacita Wright, and everybody. This movie, if you think about it, this movie had a stacked cast. It really did. It was a star-studded cast in a lot of ways. Um, but this film in particular was probably uh, a long time coming, but um, uh, but they had been trying to make a Black Panther film for a long time. As a matter of fact, I think I think before he was going to do Blade, Wesley Snipes was going to do a Black Panther uh, film, but they couldn't get a they couldn't get a director that they really liked, and nobody the scripts that they had were a little bit lackluster. And I kept thinking, what would a '90s Black Panther film would have looked like with Wesley Snipes? You know, it's kind of hard picturing that, but. Um, but then, you know, he, they eventually, I don't want to say they passed on it, but eventually they did end up, instead of Marvel kind of dropping Wesley Snipes, they decided, well, let's not do Black Panther, let's just do Blade. Fantastic for him. And Black Panther kind of went under the radar for a long time. And then I think it was like in 2014 is when they started really, really getting into the mindset of making the film. And they already had Chadwick Boseman, Ryan Coogler was, you know, coming up, you know, he had did films like Fruitville Station and, um, I think the first Creed film that was already coming out at that time, you know, he was proving himself as a great filmmaker. So he eventually got the reins of the character of the film anyway, and was really, really making headway into making a great film. And to be honest, he did it. He knocked it out of the park. He did it in a way. Um, he did it in a way that was both. It felt like an indie film on a lot of that, because honestly, one of the things that it, I think one of the very few things that I took from, that that I took from the the first Black Panther film was the fact that Ryan Coogler, as amazing a director that he is, the it's the it's the big CGI action sequences at the end that really kind of took me out of the film because it was just like oh, okay, it's a big CGI fest. But I was expecting something like that from Marvel because all of their you know finales for their origin films. Um, do that you're introduced to your hero you're introduced to a villain who has a conflict and then big cgi fight at the end and you know even some of the good ones are like that you know spider-man homecoming is like that shang chi's like that the first iron man was like that the first avengers was like that you know it's all the same it's a formula that marvel's been using that a lot of people still don't see it coming but it still stands the test of time and it still makes a lot of money for these certain movies and things like that but I think the difference is this felt different because of the story that we get throughout the movie. We're getting we're getting the King T'Challa character as we know him now, rather than kind of getting him trying to be live up to the name and live up to the the follow the path that his father had taken. A lot of people compared this story to Simba from The Lion King, which in a lot of ways is true, you know. But the difference was, you know, T'Challa wasn't running from his destiny. He was just, you know, confused on how to figure it out. And it goes from his past or from his father's past uh, comes back to haunt him and things like that. So that's kind of the story arc that we got with Black Panther where it differs from The Lion King. But 
I mean, I got to talk about this, and I want to talk about this now. I want to just get it out of the way. Everybody hyped up Michael B. Jordan's performance in this film when really it was really generic. It wasn't all that great. It didn't break any grounds. It wasn't standout-ish. His motivation is an angry black guy from Oakland. You know, it's like, I, I get it. He's upset. You know, I get it. He becomes a mercenary. You know, I understand. Like, his mercenary thing, I get. He he has a tragic backstory. But then again, everybody has a tragic backstory. His motivations were bland to me. Like, he wanted to be, he wanted to take revenge on the people who kind of took away everything that he had, which he says in the movie. I was like, I get that. I get he wants revenge, and then he wants to liberate the world because of, of how he grew up. And I kind of see that now looking back on it i was just like all right i get what he was trying to do watching it now i was like i completely understand why he did that you know because of the whole racism because of the injustice that we were going through at that time in our society which are still kind of being felt now i get what his motivations are but from a storytelling aspect that really didn't that really didn't uh that really didn't coagulate properly for me for some reason i guess because at the time you know at that time i didn't really have a stance you know with the whole the whole issue that was going on i understand you know having a revenge and going after the people who kind of took away the only good thing that you had in life i get that but you know at, at the same time he just it just felt like a it it felt as if you know he wanted to be king and everything like that he wanted to be the one ruling the world but he wanted to not necessarily rule the world but make the world uh, make the world better for him and his people i get what he was trying to do it was his approach that kind of threw it all off. His performance is good. I don't think it's top 10. Well, if it is top 10, it's like 9 or 10 as far as MCU performances. I don't think it's top 5 or even top 3. It's not as good as uh it's not as good as uh Tom Hiddleston or or Josh Brolin or even Michael Keaton or um or uh, Jeff Bridges, but you know, it's up there. You know, it's up there with, you know, maybe somebody like Kurt Russell uh, or even, uh, uh, what's his name from Ant-Man, the Yellow Jacket guy. That performance was actually okay. It was solid, but you know, even though it's kind of it's a ripoff of Lex Luthor, but it's it's that's neither here nor there. Michael B. Jordan's performance, I think, really is overhyped. He he was good. He was good for the story they're trying to tell in the first Black Panther film. Overall, like long lasting and things like that. It's forgettable. It really is. I think it's, I'm not saying that Michael Jordan's a bad actor. I'm just saying that, you know, he just he just didn't do it for me. You know, I don't think his persona fit that well. What what threw me off was when in the trailer I knew his performance was gonna be not terrible, but I knew his I knew he was gonna stick out like a sore thumb. When the trailer was coming out and I think it was the final trailer before the movie had come out, they do that part where it's the big reveal at the end when T'Challa reveals is revealed to be alive and things like that. And, you know, he's like, Ninjako, what's up? It's the what's up that throws me off. I was like, all right, yeah, that's just, that's Michael B. Jordan being Michael B. Jordan. That's not him being Eric Stevens or Killmonger or anything like that. You know, I like the little subtle tribute to Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z, you know, the blue outfit with the coat, with the tactical uh, vest on. That was amazing. I thought that was really cool. And I remember thinking about it, and I saw that. I was like, he's trying to be Vegeta? And I was like, the fuck? And then I remember my brother looked at me like, like, what do you mean? I was like, look, he's wearing the blue, you know, the blue long sleeve with the tactical vest on. 
He was like, that does look like Vegeta. And I was like, fucking nerd. Because, you know, Michael B. Jordan is a big anime fan. And I just thought, it's like, what a fucking nerd. You know, <laughs> I like anime as much as the next guy, but that was a little bit subtle. And I like I like the subtlety, though. I like what he did there. And I like that. was I, I, I caught that, you know, when uh, the moment when he um, tries to kill uh, or tries to go after uh, Andy Serkis's character when they when they have him in custody and things like that. I was like, what the fuck? Vegeta over here. But um, but overall, his performance story storytelling wise it made sense why he did it you understand his morals but overall i just think that performance was eh, it was it was it was solid it wasn't great it was good not great if that makes sense uh and everything like that chadwick boseman is probably chadwick boseman is definitely the standout in the movie obviously because he's a phenomenal actor everything from you know his from the beginning of the movie the journey he goes on from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie is really good. I think I always cry at the end for some, like I, I, I got teary eyed in the scene where he's been resurrected and he wakes up in the, uh, in the afterlife with the ancestors. And he gives that all of you were wrong to turn your back on the rest of the world. I was like, yeah, that was, that was such a heartbreaking scene for me. And then, um, and then even after when Chadwick Boseman passed, like watching it recent, like like recently, I saw this film earlier today because I wanted to kind of get a preference for it before we go out and watch Wakanda Forever. The scene where he gets up when he's like at the end, it's that same scene we talked about where he gets up and he says, I never yielded. And as you can see, I am not dead. That struck a chord with me because, you know, it's like, damn. That line hits differently now that he's no longer with us. You know, he never yielded and he's not dead. You know, he never once ever, ever said he was going to, you know, um, give up this fight. And to be honest, it was a fight that none of us knew he was fighting. You know, because I think Ryan Coogler and Kevin Feige, they didn't know he was, you know, suffering from cancer. And things like that. And I noticed that a lot of subtle hints were being dropped. Even after he passed away, like all these TikToks were coming out that, you know, he knew he was on bar he was on borrowed time and things like that. But man, that first Black Panther film, it's a generic Marvel film, but it's one of the best Marvel films that they've done. You know, if it's not top ten, it's I think it's better than a lot of the other films that they did, like it's way better than Captain Marvel. I think it's better than the first Doctor Strange. I think I would even argue that it's even better than the first Ant-Man. Um, you know, if, if it does make top 10, it'll probably be in the bottom 10. So that makes sense. Like, it's a good movie, but, you know, it's the same Marvel formula that we talked about earlier that, that they've done already. You know, you set up your your main hero, you set up your villain a little bit, they fight, and then they fight a few times throughout the movie, see a couple of cool action sequences, and then you get the big CGI fight at the end. You know, they've been doing that since the beginning of time. Iron Man did that, The Incredible Hulk did that, and then even more recently, like, movies like movies like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness did that, Thor Love and Thunder did that, hell, even Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings did that. You know, it was it was good leading up to that third act. And I always felt like the third that that formula always kind of gets played out. But, you know, that's that's Marvel's bread and butter. They set up our hero and set up our bad guy. And then we play it all the way through. Then the big CGI fest at the end of the movie, big CGI fight at the end. It pays off to an extent, you know.
and things like that. But this movie's okay. It's a B. It's a B plus movie. Um, it's a B plus movie at best. Uh, I think it's overhyped. To when it, I think it was overhyped when it came out. Uh, I think it's still kind of overhyped now because a lot. Of, it was. I remember when Rolling Stones came out the best comic book movies of all time. Black Panther was number one. And I said, I think it was, I was like, they do it, they made it number one because of the pop, because of what it, the effects it had on pop culture at the time. You know, a lot of people were saying it's, you know, it's the first big black, you know, superhero that we've had in a long time. And it's like, oh, I don't say that, you know, because a lot of people were, you know, Blade was still there. They had, you know, already done a lot of films like that already. You know, Halle, even though Halle Berry's Catwoman wasn't a success, you know, she still did it. You know, it, it it meant a lot to people like my my stance on it was the same stance i had on wonder woman like wonder woman was over the top you know over the overhyped over the top with females and everything like that because it was it was special that movie was good if you were female it was a little bit better it meant more to you same thing with black panther the movie was good but if you were black it meant a little bit more you know because you can it's relatable to a lot of people so and things like in that aspect it really is i think everybody in this film gives 110 percent. it's a great film it's a great it's a well-acted film it's a well-written film the action sequences you know the cgi is a little shoddy here and there but ryan cooler does a great job of those of building drama and telling these tragic stories all the way through i think he brought what he had done from Fruitvale Station and Creed to Black Panther, and it really paid off in a big way. And I think uh, I had nothing but high hopes for the film. I had nothing but high hopes for Wakanda Forever because that looks good as well and everything like that. The only thing that's missing is our boy Chad. And, you know, it, it, killed, me, it killed me emotionally when I found out that he had passed away because he had done so many other great films, you know. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Jackie Robinson, James Brown. I think he also played Thurgood Marshall in one. But if you haven't seen movies like In the Name of the King or 21 Bridges, like those other movies that he's done outside of the MCU, you got to check those out. You know, some of those are on Netflix. So I highly recommend those. You know, even his What If episode. I didn't really like that show to begin with, but his episode in What If where, you know, what if the Guardians of the Galaxy took T'Challa instead of Star-Lord and things like that. And I was like, that would have been cool to see and uh, everything like that but overall like i said this was a b plus film uh i wouldn't if i have it if i have to if i have room in my top 10 it'll probably be in the bottom 10 like nine or ten and things like that but you know if you when you do actually get a chance to watch it you will be blown away by it you know you will be entertained by it you will be captivated by it you will enjoy it i'm not saying it's a bad movie i'm just saying that there are other movies it's kind of stuck in the middle so to speak it's not bad but it's not it's not bad but it's not great it's good not great if that makes sense everything like that um there's there's some there's uh the scripts going around on what ryan coogler wanted to do uh with the second black panther film you know before you know chadwick boseman had passed away and uh you know i hadn't read it yet but i heard i heard good things about it It was supposed to go a little bit darker and they were still going to introduce the namor character so you know that 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 sounds intriguing and things like that because i would love to see what chadwick boseman's next journey was going to be following the events of uh avengers endgame 
and things like that. And I remember that scene. I remember that scene at the end of Endgame when everybody comes back and he was the first one. A lot of people cheered. You know, it was crazy because we knew at that time that, you know, we knew at that time that we were going to be in for a ride because we knew after the events of Endgame, we were going to go on this epic journey with some of the characters who were still there. But unfortunately, um, you know, one of, unfortunately, we're going to have to go on this journey without Chadwick. And that sucked. I hate to end the episode on, on a low note, but I will say that Chadwick Boseman left behind a legacy that will be felt. And I can already tell, like somebody had told me that they'd already seen it. He goes, dude, you're going to cry in this movie. I guarantee it. If you don't cry, you don't have a soul. So, I mean, I cried watching those TikToks that people made when Chadwick Boseman, you know, says the line at the end of the movie when he says, you know, I am, uh, I never yield that. And as you can see, I am not dead. I was just, you know, get teary out if I think about it too much. But so anyways, I have, I have high hopes. I have all the hopes in the world that Wakanda forever will probably be better than part two. I'm hoping it is because that's going to be a lot. It's got a lot riding on it, you know, as far, not only from how successful black Panther was, but the shadow of Chadwick Boseman going into that second film. So, you know, there's only one way to go and that's up. So who knows, but I'm very excited to see uh, Wakanda forever. Uh, but anyways, that's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. If you like the episode, be sure to follow the uh, podcast on all podcast outlets, whether it's Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, Anchor, not Anchor, The Madhouse 21. Well, definitely follow us on Anchor. If you have Anchor, definitely follow us on Anchor. But follow us on social media as well uh the madhouse 21 instagram and twitter let me know what you guys thought about black panther have you seen wakanda have you seen uh black panther have you seen wakanda forever what did you guys think about it is it better than part two i mean is it better than part one do you how do you feel about black panther going forward do you think they could have done better without chadwick boseman whatever the case may be let me know instagram and twitter the madhouse 21 uh, be on the lookout for more episodes as they come. Like I said, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever comes out tomorrow officially, even though tonight, Thursday, uh, they already got some a uh, couple of uh, sneak previews going into that one. So we'll see what happens when I finally get a chance to go see it. Uh, I mentioned this uh, in a couple of episodes back that one of the reasons that I may not be able to go see it this weekend uh, is because I am in the middle and the process of moving. I'm relocating to another studio. So we'll see how that, you know. We'll see how that goes, but, you know, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I promise you the first chance that I get, I'm going to go see Wakanda Forever, make the episode and be back here and give you guys my thoughts on it. So, like I said, be on the lookout for that, be on the lookout for any and all episodes that come out of this podcast. And of course, as always, guys, be sure to embrace your inner madness.